Pastor Brian is not here. Pastor Brian and Jane are celebrating their 43rd wedding anniversary. We praise God for them and with them. Pastor Jane, we love you. Today is the seventh Sunday after Pentecost. Our sermon text for this day will be from the Gospel of Luke, the 11th chapter, where one of the disciples asks Jesus to teach him how to pray. Prayer, as you know, is something everybody knows about, but few people practice. The Lord teaches us the model prayer, and after that, he tells us how to ask, to seek, and to knock. Not just as a one-time activity, but as a continuous process, as a continuous part of the life of a believer. That's what prayer is about. Constant communion and communication with our Heavenly Father. Please stand and let's sing our opening hymn, Children of God.
in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess, Let's take a few minutes of silence for reflection on God's word and for self-examination. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. That we are sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you without word and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. So, we have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. Just we deserve your present of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, write in your way, and walk in your ways, to the glory of God. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake, forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord be with you. Let us pray. O Lord, let your merciful ear be attentive to the prayers of your servants, and by your word and spirit teach us how to pray, that our petitions may be pleasing before you, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated.
Old Testament reading is from Genesis 18, verses 20 through 33. Then the Lord said, Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and their sin is very grave, I will go down to see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry that has come to me. And if not, I will know. So the men turned from there and went toward Sodom. But Abraham still stood before the Lord. Then Abraham drew near and said, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are fifty righteous within the city. Will you then sweep away the place and not spare it for the fifty righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to put the righteous to death with the wicked, so that the righteous fare as the wicked. Far be that from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? And the Lord said, If I find at Sodom fifty righteous in the city, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Abraham answered and said, Behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord. I am who I am but dust and ashes. Suppose five of the fifty righteous are lacking. Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five? And he said, I will not destroy it if I find forty-five there. Again he spoke to him and said, Suppose forty are found there. He answered, For the sake of forty, I will not do it. Then he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak. Suppose thirty are found there. He answered, I will not do it if I find thirty there. He said, Behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord. Suppose twenty are found there. He answered, For the sake of twenty, I will not destroy it. Then he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak again but this once. Suppose ten are found there. He answered, For the sake of ten, I will not destroy it. And the Lord went his way when he had finished speaking to Abraham, and Abraham returned to his place. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle reading us from Colossians 2, verses 6 through 19. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirit of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head, from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. This is the word of the Lord. Be to God. Please rise. 
sing the Alleluia verse. Alleluia. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the word of eternal life. Alleluia. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel, according to St. Luke, the 11th chapter. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, do not bother me, the door is now shut, My children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the Gospel of the Lord.
Good morning. What an honor it is to stand here and look out at all the smiling faces of my friends. It's truly, I'm truly blessed. You know, Pastor provided me a sermon. Here it is. I decided to shorten it a little for your sake. <laughs> Christ is risen. He is risen Alleluia. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, we all know how much Pastor Brian likes to ask us questions. So here's one. Where did you learn how to pray? Maybe your parents taught you bedtime prayers or said grace at meals. We learned about prayer in Sunday school and sermons. Prayer is an integral part of our worship services. We may have even taken a class on prayer. For the most part, our knowledge of prayer has been obtained in bits and pieces throughout our lives. Our spotty education on the subject of prayer often leaves us with questions such as, am I praying correctly? Is this too trivial to bother God with? Or, my prayers never seem to be answered. Does prayer really work? We may also be left with a chronic sense of guilt. Prayer is one more Christian activity that we are not doing correctly, and we feel like we are failing. You will certainly not hear the answers to all your questions or learn everything you need to know about prayer in this sermon. I do believe, however, that today's gospel text has a great deal to teach us about the subject. And by the closing Amen, I hope that you will be able to apply three perspectives on prayer that will result in a growing and deepening prayer life. Let's revisit part of the gospel lesson. Luke 11, starting at verse 9. Jesus said, and I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? We start with a comment on prayer by the author Kathleen Norris. She writes, Prayer is not asking for what you think you want, but asking to be changed in ways you can't imagine. With this thought in mind, we turn to the gospel. The very first lesson that Jesus teaches his disciples about prayer is to enter into God's presence as a child going to his father. We just sang a song about being children of God. And that's what Jesus told us. Martin Luther expands upon this image in his explanation of the Lord's Prayer by saying that we should enter God's presence with boldness assured that God longs to have us talk with him and desires to answer our prayers. All of this is to say that the essence of prayer is relationship. Approaching God as Father means that no appointments are necessary. Many of us here are old enough to remember a famous picture of President Kennedy conducting business in the Oval Office while his little son, John John, played around the resolute desk. 
No one had access to the President of the United States like John John. His access was based purely on relationship and not on position or job performance. Approaching God as Father means that we come as we are. We don't wait until we get right with God or to attain the correct position in life or to cultivate the right attitude in our mind or in our spirit. We understand that God always welcomes us into his presence with open arms and a listening ear and a heart that wants only the very best for us. Knowing that God's our Father means that nothing is too small for us to bring before him. God is interested in every area of our lives and is intimately involved in every aspect of our lives. And prayer is is more than a religious ritual. Prayer is more than a life ring to keep us afloat in a flood or a stuffed animal to comfort us. Prayer is a relationship. And as a relationship, we do not ask for what we think we want, but we ask to be changed in ways we can't imagine. The first petitions of the Lord's Prayer focus on God. We ask that God's name would be kept holy, that God's kingdom would come, and that God's will would be done. As we look out on the world today, we perhaps become even more emphatic with our requests. We have wars and the constant threat of terrorist activities. Our society seems to be decaying morally and ethically, and its social fabric is being torn. In other words, the world is, as Pastor likes to say, going to hell in a handbasket. We hope that God will hear our prayer and clean up the mess that the world has become. Martin Luther, again, has a powerful perspective with these petitions of the Lord's Prayer. He teaches that when we pray these petitions, we are asking God that they happen in our lives. God will answer our prayers and change the world one life at a time. And he will begin with you and me. When we ask that God's name be honored and kept holy, we are asking that we will live in such a way that our lives will honor God and glorify his name. When we ask that God's kingdom come, we are asking that God's kingdom come to us and that we will live in his kingdom here on earth and experience the abundant life that is ours in his kingdom. When we ask that God's will be done on earth, we are asking that it will be done in our lives. We are committing ourselves to be disciples of Jesus Christ and to place his will above our will. Faithful obedience is our desire and goal. When God is our focus, then prayer is more than asking for something that we need. It is asking to be changed in ways that we cannot imagine. For too many people, Jesus' assurance that what we ask for we will receive, whatever we seek we will find, and every door we knock upon will be opened, seems to be a guarantee that is, well, very powerful, but maybe not to be taken literally. We bring this guarantee up to God frequently and demand to know why he hasn't answered our prayers concerning that new sports car that we've been dreaming about. Why our dream job was given to another person. Or, more seriously, why our loved one wasn't healed. We naturally assume that Jesus' guarantee focuses on our immediate physical needs and wants. But if prayer is about relationships, perhaps this guarantee instead addresses our relationship with God. If being a disciple of Jesus Christ and our relationship with God 
our priorities on our lives, then we can ask anything and it will be done. We can also seek, knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that we will find. But here is a difficult and important question for us to learn. God is not as concerned with our physical comfort as he is concerned with our relationship with him. God longs for us to commit our lives to him and trust that he will move in our lives and will provide for whatever we truly need. When we take on the perspective that prayer is not asking for what we think we need, but instead asking to be changed in ways that we cannot imagine, powerful things can and will happen in our lives. And yes, even in our world. Prayer is one of those skills that you cannot fully learn by reading a book. There comes a time when you have to put the book down and just talk with God. Hopefully, you now have three new perspectives from which to view prayer and through which to grow in your prayer life. First, we should always approach God as a father. Second, we should realize that the answers to our prayerful requests do occur in our lives, whether or not we immediately recognize them. And last, that the guarantee Jesus spoke refers not to our earthly needs, but to our relationship and discipleship with God. These three simple ideas can empower our prayer by focusing on our relationship with God and can transform our lives and open us up to be changed in ways that we cannot imagine. It is what Jesus did to us and for us when he died and rose for you and for me. You are a new life in Christ. Amen. We rise together as we recite the Nicene Creed. I believe one God, the Father Almighty, <coughs> and of all things visible and invisible. And the one Lord Jesus Christ, the begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all the world, God of God, very God of very God, begotten not made, Let us pray. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Lord, you've been the refuge and strength of your people from generation to generation. Give to us the comfort of your presence in time of trouble. Your grace <coughs> to forgive our sins and your peace to govern our hearts. Lord, in your mercy, 
Lord, your power holds all things together in heaven and on earth. Give wisdom to those who lead our nation and guidance to those who make and administer and judge our laws so that life be protected and justice administered. Lord, in your mercy. <clears throat> Lord, your word speaks hope and life. Open our ears to hear your voice and our hearts to believe in Jesus Christ and follow him as Savior and Lord. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, your church lives by the grace you bestow through word and sacrament. Bless the pastors who preach to us this gospel and the church workers who serve us in your name. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, your mercy extends to all our needs and your grace gives healing according to your will. Hear us on behalf of all those who are sick and all who stand in need. Grant to them grace sufficient for all their needs and sustain them in the hour of trial. Lord, in your mercy. <clears throat> Lord, you give us new lives in baptismal water and your spirit opens our hearts to faith. Help us to live out fully our vocation as your children in the places where we live and work and do good work you desire. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, you have granted us a place at the table of the, your son. Help us to receive his body and blood with repentance and faith and to keep in holy lives and precious gifts we will receive ours upon our lips. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, you have given us the encouragement, the mighty saints of old and those who taught us the faith. Help us to live a legacy of faith, faithfulness to those who follow us and sustain us in hope until we join the saints in Christ's eternal presence. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It's truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who out of love for his fallen creation humbled himself by taking on the form of a servant, becoming obedient unto death, even death upon a cross. Risen from the dead, he has freed us from eternal death and given us life everlasting. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Holy. <clears throat> Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you've had <coughs> mercy on us, on those whom you created and sent, your only begotten Son, into our flesh, to bear our sins and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in his name and in remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood, as he bids us to do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth, 
to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver us, preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take it, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's coming, uh, the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. O Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, in giving us your body and blood, to eat and to drink. You lead us to remember and confess your holy cross and passion, your blessed death, your rest in the tomb, your resurrection from the dead, your ascension into heaven, and your coming for the final judgment. So remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. Is it?
Please stand. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy, you would strengthen us through the same in faith towards you and fervent love towards one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please receive the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now we sing the Alleluia song of gladness. Please sit. Do we have any announcements? Merge. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yes. Thank you. Well, go in peace, serve the Lord. Mark. <laughs>